The New Orleans Saints first team offense firing on all cylinders in their preseason opener against the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to break it all down and take a look at the players that made themselves some money in preseason game one. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on this live postcast episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And as always, if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, you can always head over to joinsubtext.com slash Saints. Take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more. And join a community that I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola, on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated, Fan Nation site covering the New Orleans Saints every Tuesday in the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday and then some on Locked on Saints. And it's our live postcast edition of Locked on Saints today. I got tired of sitting up in the booth and wanting to show you the field. So I decided, you know what? I'm doing the show from the field. So here we are. If you're watching on video, you're seeing the Superdome field right behind me. Uh, very grateful we get the opportunity to do that. Very grateful we get the opportunity to be here with you today. As is tradition with all of our postcasts, let me see the Your Team Every Days in the chat. Really appreciate everybody being here. Whether you're catching a show live or catching it later, very, very much appreciate all of it. All right, we're suited up and booted up today because it's preseason game one, and the New Orleans Saints offense looks like the real deal. Remember the big question that we've been asking so far over the course of this entire offseason thus far, particularly with training camp and things like that, is the New Orleans Saints offense struggling because the defense is really good, or is the New Orleans Saints offense struggling because the offense hasn't found its groove yet? Well, a 12-play, 85-yard touchdown drive to open up their first preseason action with starters against starters with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, it was the very first action, for those Kansas City Chiefs, but hey, it was the very first action for the New Orleans Saints as well. Put together a big-time drive. Derek Carr connecting with Alvin Kamara on the swing pass, Alvin Kamara on the screen pass. We got a screen in the preseason, y'all. We only saw Alvin Kamara targeted on nine um, screen passes all season last year. In the preseason, we get a screen pass that almost goes for a touchdown. You saw a big catch by Michael Thomas. You saw the attempted connection with Chris Olave, some big catches and connections between Derek Carr and star tight end Juwan Johnson, who, make no mistake about it, is a star. It is absolutely worth your time in fantasy football, especially if you can get them late. Uh, But then it all capped off with a big four-yard touchdown to Keith Kirkwood. And that's this play that I want to focus on because I thought that play was really the kind of the the summation of what that New Orleans Saints offensive drive was for them. Derek Carr takes the snap. He sits back. There's time for the play to develop. The offensive line starting five was on it, bought him some time, blitz pickups all over the place, all that. And then you got to just kind of wait for him to sit back and watch everything develop. These linebackers, as well as the the, uh, Kansas City defenders, were playing down towards the 
goal line. Keith Kirkwood hits that what we would call like the baseline in basketball, right? That back end zone line. And then he hits Keith Kirkwood in the back of the end zone for an easy touchdown. Those are the things that you want to see week in and week out from this New Orleans Saints team. And how many times did we see the Saints come up short on opening drives? Here we see them punch it in 12 plays, 85 yards. That's exactly what you wanted to see the New Orleans Saints do in this game. So it answered our question. Were the New Orleans Saints, was the New Orleans Saints offense struggling because the defense is really good? Or was the New Orleans Saints offense struggling during training camp because the New Orleans Saints offense is meant to struggle? Looks like the defense is just really good because that New Orleans Saints offense looked fire today. And that's what you wanted to see, right? A lot of folks have asked, Ross, what do you want to see from this New Orleans Saints team with the starters out there? First and foremost, efficiency. Being able to get in and out of the huddle, being able to take the snap, being able to pick up blitzes, uh, protect, give Derek Carr time, all those things. You saw the false start penalty early. You saw the misconnection between uh, Derek Carr and Chris Olave. I believe on the very first play when they tried that boot action towards the outside, and they slipped Chris Olave in behind the line of scrimmage. Even though they didn't connect on that pass, though, you saw some promising things. And the thing that I thought you saw really promising on that play, even though they didn't connect, is the motion. How many times did we see Chris Olave run routes from behind the line of scrimmage last year? Zero times, at least that I can remember. I don't know if that's true. I'll go back and I'll find out, though, and I'll let you know. But those are the things that you saw big time, was that you saw a lot of the, um, you saw the, the, the motion, you saw the misdirection, you saw the screen passes, you saw this New Orleans Saints offense look a little bit more like itself today. And I thought that that was big. Uh, the defense looked really good at the top of the defense. And that was a big thing. The defensive line in particular was a big piece that we wanted to see. How does the defensive interior hold up? Held up well. But when you got to the depth, things got a little bit concerning. Um, on the defensive line, though, I thought that the second team defensive line, which consisted of Peyton Turner and then on the uh, Peyton Turner and Tono Passi on the outside, on the inside, you had uh, it was uh, Malcolm Roach and Brian Brzee. I actually thought that second unit on the defensive line fared pretty well. The starting unit of Cam Jordan and Carl Granderson, bookending uh, Colin Saunders as well as Nathan Shepard. Those two units looked really good. Once you got a little bit down towards the depth after that, though, things got a little bit concerning. Although Jack Heflin, Kyle Phillips, both making highlight plays, Jack Heflin helped uh, on the, I believe it was the Ty Summers sack. You saw Kyle Phillips with an interception at the end of the game, a clutch interception, an interception that Colin Saunders said was one of the most clutch plays he's seen in the league so far. So you could see where they had a little bit of that, but you were a little bit worried, I get it, around like the depth at offensive line. And I think that's still where my biggest question mark is. Remember, the second unit would usually have had either Andrews Pete or James Hurst in it, so that's worth considering. But I think that that's maybe the thing where you want to see the Saints kind of go back to the drawing board and see what they can figure out in terms of addressing their depth or just focusing on coaching up that depth and making the right situations. Let's face it, if Alex Pilstrom is playing center, there's something big wrong for the New Orleans Saints beyond just him playing center, right? They've lost Eric McCoy. They'd lost Max Garcia if that's the case. So it, you don't need to, to be super concerned about like some of the guys you saw in the fourth quarter and all that, for instance, but you still saw some struggles in the second and third quarters you'd like to see get cleaned up for sure. So I don't want it to be all roses and rainbows out there. It wasn't all good, but what needed to be good was outstanding. And that was the first team offense as well as the first team defense. Now, there were some players in those second, third teams, as well as later on in the game that did make themselves, uh, let's just say, a good case to make the roster. Let's take a look at those players as we continue on and wrap up our postcast episode. Remember, these postcasts are about 10, 15 minutes long. And then you get the full episode after that. So I'll, I'll do the full episode right after. But 
Uh, we're going to dive next into who helped themselves the most here in preseason game one. Got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, as the car drives behind me, your team every day. Today's live postcast episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. There is no better way to play fantasy football than with Underdog because they have best ball. Best ball is my favorite format. All you have to do is do your draft like you normally would a snake draft, but then then Underdog is going to optimize your lineup for you. So if somebody on your bench outscores a starter at the same position, that bench player counts as your starter. Whoever's got the most points at the end of the season wins. It's that simple. You can try it out today. At Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, this is the largest fantasy football tournament ever. $15 million in prizes to give out, including an absurd $3 million prize for the winner. So visit underdogfantasy.com today or find them in your app store. Sign up with the promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Once again, that's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. This live postcast also brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Football is here. The New Orleans Saints are here. Everybody's rolling. So it is a great time to go ahead and get in over at FanDuel, especially right now because they're going to help you win all season long. Pick one Super Bowl winner and you're going to get bonus bets every time that team wins throughout the regular season. You just pick them to win the Super Bowl and then you'll get bonus bets for every one of their victories. You can use those bonus bets on everything from spreads player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to start earning those uh, bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up our live postcast here with a look at the, well, first of all, my suit, right? I'm I'm looking sharp over in the suit though. No, I'm just playing. But um, the next thing that I want to take a look at here is the players that help themselves tremendously throughout this game. I got five of them. I'll kind of run through. I'm only going to highlight three, but I'm going to give you five. Uh, The first of which is wide receiver A.T. Perry, the rookie wide receiver who was the guy that we kept saying, let's hold out. Like, let's not overjudge based upon training camp. Let's see what happens when he gets under these lights right here in the Caesar Superdome. What happens? Six targets, six catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. And that touchdown coming on a contested catch had a couple of contested receptions throughout. So that was a really, really good situation for A.T. Perry and one of those ones that really helped him out big time. The other guys that I think had really good days, Ugo Amadi, who ended up with the interception, as well as, of course, Ellis Merriweather, the uh, running back, who got a little bit of an extra opportunity because of Kendra Miller having to leave with an injury. He had a knee sprain. It's connected to the same knee that he was dealing with over the course of the offseason as well. And so he got kind of called up into duty a little bit more quickly than maybe originally anticipated and looked great. Um, He was able to run. Uh, You know, he had a couple of big runs that were called back. Not really sure I agree with the Jimmy Graham holding penalty. Uh, Dennis Allen didn't either. He seemed to take exception to that one. But he had nine attempts, 24 yards. So not a great average. But in terms of his role and what it is that he was doing, and his average probably would have ticked up had you know some of those other runs actually counted. But he also had the two, the couple of catches. Um, he had the touchdown catch in the front corner of the end zone as well. I thought that he made himself some money today as well. I mean, look. The New Orleans Saints running back room is one that is dealing with a lot of injuries. Eno Benjamin out for the year with an Achilles tear. Uh, Kendra Miller now dealing with that sprained knee again, the same one that he dealt with over the course of the offseason. Kirk Merritt dealing with the hamstring injury. So great to see a guy like Ellis Berryweather who caught 
22-8. So that's so he caught 31 total passes during his time at UMass. There was literally nothing about this guy that told you, yeah, he's going to come into the NFL and be a little bit of a pass catcher. And look at what he showed you today. He went out there and he was a little bit of a pass catcher. And he had a fantastic blitz pick pickup at an earlier point, protecting Jake Hayner and keeping a play alive as well. Those are the things you want to see from Ellis Merriweather, who made himself, if nothing else, I think a pretty quality practice squad option, but maybe even better than that, depending upon how these injuries continue to impact the running back position for the New Orleans Saints. And don't forget, you also have the three-game suspension for uh, Alvin Kamara at the beginning of the year as well. So that's a big thing. So I really loved seeing what Ellis Merriweather was able to do. A.T. Perry got a shout out Keith Kirkwood as well. Keith Kirkwood's one of those guys that's kind of flown under the radar a little bit. You know, he's a six-year NFL veteran. He's a guy that has had some, you know, not so, you know, some, some not so great moments, you know, the drops, hitting off the helmet, things like that. But boy, has he put in work over the course of this offseason. I asked Derek Carr about him. I said, look, every time that we ask you about wide receivers, we're asking about Michael Thomas and Rashid Jaheed and Chris Olave and all these guys. What about Keith Kirkwood? And one of the things that he mentioned was that. He has a 6.30 workout session with everybody, and he says, hey, I'm going to get there at 6. If anybody wants to join me, they can. Keith Kirkwood has shown up at 6 a.m. earlier than everybody else every single time and has stayed later with Derek Carr every single day, continuing to work, continuing to run routes, continuing to catch passes, all these other things. That is huge for a guy like uh, Keith Kirkwood, who's trying to you know fight for that roster spot also be like a veteran that people can trust all those things so i think that this is uh really really fantastic stuff hey it's, look it's john hendrix it's my good friend john hendrix john say hi crash the pod hey how's it going guys <laughs> this is my good buddy of course from over at saints news network my guy does some of the best in-depth work when it comes to training camp notes post-game notes everything like that my guy at john j hendrix make sure you go and check him out i was just talking about keith kirkwood isn't he just the nicest dude in the world yeah, probably one of the nicest guys I've probably dealt with. Yeah. I just think he's just so genuine, humble, and probably going to end up making this roster. I think so, especially after a performance like today. See, it's not just me. We're telling you. Good to see you, homie. I appreciate you, man. See you soon. So you got to love what you're seeing from Kirk Merritt there. And then the other guy that I thought made a little bit of a, a little bit, a little bit of money for himself, it might not even be here in New Orleans, Blake Groupie. Blake Groupie got some groupies now, don't he? He kicked that, he kicked that game-winning field goal. A uh, 31-yard field goal, not a big thing, but look, a lot of pressure because it was against a running clock. Uh, they had all that to where, you know, they they get uh, set up so that he can come out and, and get that field goal in, but they weren't, didn't have a timeout to burn, but they had about 20, like 40 seconds right on the dot to be able to get him uh, out there. And so you saw him rush out, the unit get out there, they took their time, they breathed through it. He lines up, nails the field goal, wins the game for the New Orleans Saints, 26 to 24. So you got to love that for Blake Groupie, too, because even if it doesn't work out for him here in New Orleans, it would not surprise me if he's off kicking somewhere else over the course of the, the, the regular season, too. So we out here. We're live in the Dome. It was a big win. There were some guys that made themselves some money and helped themselves out. There were some guys that didn't necessarily do themselves any favors either, though. I'm not going to go into those yet, but I'm going to have that for you in tomorrow's episode, as well as a more in-depth breakdown of what we saw from this New Orleans Saints team. But you should be very happy with what you've seen throughout the first preseason game. They're on the road next week. I'll be out there in uh, in Orange County while they're doing their joint practices against the Los Angeles Chargers. I'll be back home for another postcast after that Chargers game, all that stuff. So we'll have you covered every inch of the way here on Locked on Saints. I really, really appreciate y'all for coming through 450 deep in the live show here after a preseason game. After a preseason game. I love this fan base so dang much, man. I really appreciate y'all very, very much for coming through for another live episode. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Like I said, we'll take a look at 
little bit more in-depth stuff about what we've seen in terms of the motion, the misdirection, kind of the elements that you want to take and say, okay, this is good because these are different from what we saw in the regular season, as well as take a look at the not-so-good storylines as well, right? It's not all flowers and rainbows. Like I said, there's some things that have to be worked on. We'll get to all that as well. I appreciate y'all so much, so, so, so much for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day and being here for another live show, whether you're catching it live or later. I love y'all. Thank you very much. Uh, for making Locked On Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.